Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from TFN Group Head of Content Development, Julien de Groot, about the French broadcaster's unscripted entertainment strategy and ambitious new zombie-themed adventure game show District Z. And Lear Morris, producer of Welsh drama Keeping Faith, about the practical aspects of completing the third and final season of the show. Shooting on ambitious new TFN zombie-themed adventure game show District Z was postponed from March to July due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but has now been completed and is being readied for broadcast and international sales. Julien de Groot, the French broadcaster's executive vice president and head of content development, spoke with Gunnar Cuse about the show, the company's wider unscripted strategy, including the type of formats it's looking for, and his hopes that the ongoing coronavirus crisis won't stifle the pipeline of new programmes reaching audiences. To what extent has the, the pandemic and, and the fact that people are spending more time at home shifted priorities in terms of the sorts of shows that you have been looking at and making? Actually, we have been lucky because during the pandemic, The Voice and Survivor uh, were on air. And uh, so it was already produced. And other shows uh, were already uh, in editing. So during the pandemic, it was not a concern to have shows on air. And then after the end of the lockdown on May 11th in France, uh, we have been able in May and June and especially in July to uh, see uh, the production uh, resume. And so we have been able to uh, tape uh, big shiny floors, shows like Good Singers, like The Mass Singer, the second season of The Mass Singer has been taped uh, in July with an audience and with all the cast hosts, celebrities, judges, uh, everything as as normal, I would say. But uh, yes, maybe for the future and for the forecasts of uh, maybe a new uh, a new wave, a second wave, what it could change uh, in our strategy, I would say it will depend on the length of the crisis. For the moment, as I said, we haven't been affected too much uh, because programs were already in production. But if the crisis is long, of course, it will affect the way of thinking, the, the new shows, the upcoming shows. And we will probably focus on easy-to-make production that we can uh, make with few people on stage, such as prime time game shows. Uh, we have a Sony format for many, many years, brightness, and it's still doing very well. And it's show that we can uh, easily produce during a pandemic, because even if there is no audience. The studio we can do with uh, 12 celebrities, the hosts, and we can respect all the safety protocol. Today, it, it will be difficult to serenely order a new Ninja Warrior today uh, because uh, with hundreds of contestants at the same uh, location, at the same place, of course, it will be a source of worrying to commission this kind of show today. So I think for the next season, I don't have a lot of concerns because the Voice, The Voice Kids, Survivor, The Mass Singer will be there. Uh, Ninja, Ninja will be there. Uh, Dancing with Stars uh, should be there. So no worries about that. It's for the next season. Because if the crisis and if uh, the restrictions continue, uh, no one in the world will be able to produce ambitious new formats. And then there could be a shortage of new formats for this season, 21-22. 
Could you give us an overview of TF1's entertainment strategy and how this translates into the channels and the schedules? On prime time, on, on TF1, our strategy is to get all the best international formats. So we offer The Voice, The Voice Kids, Survivor, Dancing with the Stars, Ninja Warrior, The Mass Singer. So on that side, we are very lucky to have all these amazing brands. This summer, we launched successfully the global agency format, Is That Real Voice, named Good Singers in France. Beside that, we broadcast local French formats, of course, created for us. You may know Anything Goes, adapted in more than 30 countries and created by Satisfaction. The Secret Song, uh, another um, great musical uh, variety show. And we have just taped our upcoming Big sensation, uh, District Z, uh, a very ambitious co-development with satisfaction. Then, regarding the daily uh, access primetime slots, we have had for a decade uh, actually two British formats, two great British formats, Four Wedding and Four in a Bed. Uh, this time slot, access primetime, is key for us. And we have been willing to, to take risks. And uh, I have created with my team six original formats. Three of them have been produced three seasons and are still in production. And thanks to the most recent one, we got amazing ratings this summer. Uh, and the second season has been already commissioned. It's uh, a docu, a daily docu reality, large families, life in XXL. And uh, this series uh, follows the special daily life of seven large families. I mean, families with uh, four children to nine children. And so um, that's in a way fun and crazy to, uh, to watch them. Could you talk a little bit more about your use of paper formats and the, the, the amount of risk-taking that you see as essential, if you like, to competing in the current landscape? I would say that uh, as a leader, we owe it to ourselves to offer our viewers the best formats and the best programs. It could be international formats, it could be paper formats. Our ambition is to test at least one new major primetime franchise each year to enrich our lineup. The next season, it will be District Z. Last year, it was the Mass Singer, and the year before, it was the Wall, and before, even before Ninja Warrior. Risk-taking, to be honest, risk-taking uh, was not necessarily in the DNA of TF1, but I would say when uh, they arrived, J. Pellisson, our president, and Ara Priquion, the CEO of TV and content activities, I think they changed this state of mind and encouraged us to take risks in order to increase year after year, the number of our successful, successful brands. So we are willing to test new shows. As I said, it could be international formats, but usually I'm a bit annoyed by that because I think there is a wrong statement a lot of people have about TF1. We do much more original formats than people think. To give you uh, some examples, more than two-thirds of the new brands, the new formats launch since September 2017, so since three seasons, uh, more than two-thirds of the new brands in the Access Primetime on TF1 are creation, are paper formats. So uh, we have launched six original formats during the last three seasons. Half of them have been produced during three seasons at least. So we have been able to create successful brands, new brands. And as I said, the most recent brand we launched uh, this summer, Large Families, Life in XXL, I've got amazing ratings and uh, and we have already commissioned uh, a second season. So regarding the six formats, paper formats we have launched, four of them have been successful and two have been only there for one season. On TFX is even higher uh, since September uh, 2017. 
all the new brands launch in access prime time have been original ids original ips 100 percent four shows launch and in prime time as well we have launched a lot of paper formats has the tourists has a star on the rocks with benny j district z will be an ambitious uh, new one so yes we are open to paper formats we are open to take risk because we think even if we lead the market and uh, of course, every night we, we want to, uh, to win the battle of the ratings, but we think that it's our mission to innovate, to offer uh, new content to our viewers, because today, nowadays, very competitive, of course, with M6, with the public service in France, with Netflix. And so uh, we have to innovate. And so um, luckily, our, our boss are open to do it. Uh, and so we have almost uh, carte blanche. Uh, a wild card to uh, to innovate. What sorts of um, formats and, and and what sorts of ideas are you currently looking for now? I would say for the access prime time on TF1, we are looking for a new uh, daily factual entertainment. As I said, uh, we have the British formats and we uh, we have had for a decade now for weddings, for innovate, so these kind of shows. But then. Uh, we just launched a uh, large family. Uh, every year we have during the summer, uh, we have Perfect Vacation Booking. It's uh, a paper format uh, I created with my team. It has been adapted uh, in Italy. Uh, the third season uh, was on air this, this summer. The same, we created my best Christmas ever. So far, three seasons have been produced. It has been adapted in the Netherlands, in Germany on Satines. So this kind of shows of uh, our, our pure uh, faction entertainment uh, I would say taped shot across the country uh, with French people talking about holidays, weddings, uh, Christmas, all these topics we talk about, you know, day to day life. Uh, it's relevant to us for our uh, daily, uh, daily access uh, slots. And then on prime time, we are still looking for new uh, big shiny floor uh, entertainment shows with high value production. And all the TF1 prime time shows have in common that they allow family co-viewing. That's a key point for, for us. An interesting development there is District Z, where you have created this, or you've moved into a new space, as you as you put it. We hope, and I hope it will be a big success uh, for all the family. And two years ago, when we commissioned the show, we wanted to enrich our offer with a new adventure, uh, adventure game show, targeting a younger audience, kids, teens, young adults, but also their parents. So we set off in the world of zombies uh, with physical challenges and unprecedented agility tests. We thought that it could be the ultimate escape game for celebrities and to offer big fun for families with references to video games and draw series like The Walking Dead. But of course, in the end, because uh, we are TF1, we are a family channel, we produce the show for the whole family and for all audiences. We wanted definitely a primetime family entertainment show. So I'm very excited about, about this one because I would say, yes, that's a very ambitious project. It has been the largest filming location ever built I ever seen in my career. We used 10 acres, 50 cameras, and with a lot of challenges indoors, outdoors, in studio, so uh, we created, definitely we created like a theme park. So it's a, a, a complete world uh, with creatures and zombies and amazing uh, challenges we already taped in July. So I know uh, that the format works uh, because every night 
uh, we spent uh, amazing time. Every night we, we taped a new show. So we taped five shows, so two hour shows uh, with a new cast of five celebrities playing for charity for every show. And it was only early celebrities because they wanted to spend these crazy nights uh, in this world. And for sure, it will be a show with like, like, a, like a ride and a, and a lot of surprises. You mentioned previously when the show was first expected to film that uh, there had been already a lot of international interest in the format. Are you already in discussion with potential partners? Yeah, I'm sure. And, and I hope District Z will become an international format because it will be, you know, the fun part of our job to create a hub and a community of local producers coming to Paris and just to share our thought about uh, the show. Every time I've commissioned uh, shows like The Mass Singer or Ninja Warrior, every time I so enjoy going to LA, going to Copenhagen to uh, watch the uh, local versions and to share our thought with my counterparts in the networks or with the local producers. So I hope uh, it will be it will be the same. Of course, our priority was to make a good show for local viewers. But it has been thought as a potential hub. And from the beginning, uh, the project and its location have been thought to become a hub able to welcome all type of producers and broadcasters. So yes, I've been in touch with my counterparts in the US, across Europe, to share some pictures uh, about the show, some uh, footages. And we already received a lot of interest. To tell you everything, we were supposed to tape late March, just the weekend before MIP comments. So a lot of people uh, were supposed to come to, to the set. And then uh, the pandemic hit France and the, 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 the tapings has been postponed to, to July. And then it was complicated for them to come. But we have been, we have been in touch uh, during all the process. I say we, but it's a co-development. Uh, we have co-developed the show with Satisfaction and Arthur. Uh, Arthur is a very famous host in France and the CEO of Satisfaction. And it was based on his original crazy ID to do a zombie show on primetime on TF1. So it's a co-development. But then the distribution is made by uh, Satisfaction and even by Sony because Satisfaction has bought Sony France. And so then uh, they are partners. Going forward, do you see particular challenges uh, for the international formats industry and the supply chains in particular? Or do you feel that there are opportunities opening up as a result of the pandemic? I think, of course, with the pandemic and with the fact that a lot of people work remotely and sometimes it's hard to, to be in studio and to tape, more people than, than usual are maybe working on new developments. So I'm sure that we will probably receive more paper format than ever the next season. And so then we are not afraid about that because, as I said, we are able to bring and to produce paper formats, as we talk about, could be amazing, ambitious project like District Z. It could be uh, factual entertainment. So uh, we are ready to bring original IPs on air uh, regarding all kinds of content. Then it's always great to have also a part of our strategy based on international formats with a track record. So uh, I hope. TF1 and of course the other broadcasters around the globe will be able to bring new content, new formats, because it's always a good source for, for us to bring new new content to air. So then in the coming months 
And for the next season, regarding TF1, as I said, we should have our regular brands adding a new one, District Z, adding a new season, the second season of The Mass Singers, and all the other uh, usual shows. So then the question is more for season after, 21, 22. But what we have in mind is to still looking for new opportunities and new ambitious projects. Uh, because we hope that normal will be back in the coming months. Maybe not this fall. We're going to respect and we're going to put uh, safety protocols to be sure that all the technical crews, all the artistic crews, the audience uh, eventually coming to a studio will be safe. That's the main priority. Uh, but then I hope uh, we will be able to get a vaccine or maybe to live with this new normal and then to be able to uh, tape again big ambitious shows. Julien de Groot from TFN. Filming for the third and final season of hit Welsh drama Keeping Faith was cut short when the pandemic prompted a production shutdown earlier this year. Now back on set, producer Lear Morris spoke with Michael Pickard about how COVID-19 has affected the creative and practical aspects of making the series and how S4C lockdown drama Lifeline helped make a Vox Pictures prepare the groundwork. It was such a new world for, for everybody and such a strange world in you know being told that you can't go more than five miles away from your home and stuff. So we decided, you know, we had a conversation and thought this is something we hopefully and probably never see in our lifetime again and we should sort of show it and reflect it in a creative way at some point. So we spoke to S4C and we developed and got commissioned to do three half-hour lockdown dramas. S4C were the first first broadcaster and we were the first company to produce and transmit a lockdown drama. So we did three half-hour episodes where the cast were delivered, like Mission Impossible, they were delivered a case, you know, a sealed case that had been sterilised with a laptop and a mobile phone, a light, hand wipes, masks, gloves and stuff in this case, and then a costume bag with a costume and a small box of props. And we did this three-episode drama of characters talking to each other via FaceTime and there was a story that developed through the three of them you saw relationships build and you know stories unfold so that was a, a learning curve which was really helpful for when we came back to then do this drama because we're such a small team but we got our heads around protocols of sterilizing stuff and keeping a distance and so that was keeping us busy and then you know as soon as that finished because that feels like a lifetime ago now because that was oh, we started that in the second week of, of lockdown it was a real quick turnaround green light and and transmit for for s4c and us so then we turned our sights to getting keeping faith up and running um we'd shot eight weeks up till to lockdown and then we had six weeks to go the so we're working to sort of the welsh Government Pact and British Film Commission protocols. So when the first draft of that document came out, we you know had a thorough look through and saw it was practical for us to implement the guidelines they were suggesting. So we started off by looking at the scripts because we made a decision that COVID wasn't going to become a part of the story, especially because we'd shot over half the series before. All six episodes were halfway through, so we couldn't say, okay, halfway through the series, COVID comes in. Um, so we made a decision that COVID didn't play a part in, in the story. So we looked through all the scripts and made changes. You know, there's now, we, you know, normally in the series, there's a lot of scenes 
with the family and faith and stuff in the car, with the camera in the car with the we made editorial decisions of relocating scenes to you know, especially moving things from interior to exterior, not having big family scenes in the car and stuff that you know relocate them to a happy day on the beach or faith has a conversation packed up overlooking the sea and stuff. So there was all those practical elements that we could put in place without affecting the story. And once we had discussed those changes with the BBC and S4C and that they were happy that editorially the you know the program wasn't being affected by the changes um, in a negative way. We moved on to talk to the crew and in fairness not one of them has turned around and said that they weren't happy to come back. You know we shared our protocol documents with everybody and made sure that they had to sign to say that they had read and they accepted the the document and we you know it was free for anybody to give us feedback of there's any points that they were unhappy or unsure about. Um, we worked very closely with each of the HODs who put in place their department protocols and make sure that that was all practical for them and within the structure of the teams that they have. And then, you know, we've just been a constant kind of open dialogue in making sure that people are, are happy and are sticking to the protocols. And but the, one of the big things was as well, for us, that was important was the mental health element, because you realise that it has affected people in different ways. And, you know, some people are very anxious other people can be quite kind of unaffected by it, but you have to sort of take on on board and appreciate and you know care for everybody and the way that they're feeling. So that's something that we state and clearly and check up on daily to make sure that people are cared for, not just about their physical health but their mental health as well, because that's the unseen way that it can affect people. And once we've started filming, it's become quite the norm now that people work two meters apart and departments go in and have their time individually Julie on set and stuff so we're in the routine and everybody this feels like the new normal now I guess during the, the lockdown period was there any doubt that you would come back quite so quickly I mean we you know when we first closed down we kind of had a conversation and thought oh we might be back in two months so it was longer than we first anticipated and I don't think anybody thought that it was going to actually get to a point where it was as bad as it, it got I mean some of the crew did say oh that's early being one of the first to come back but then when we shared the documents and stuff and we went oh actually with all of this in place yes you know it feels feels right and we need to get back so I'm not sh- even though we are one of the first it doesn't feel as you know th- there hasn't been a conversation of we're going back really soon so it just felt the right time and safe time to to come back and and that experience that you had making in the lockdown drama I guess at, at the height of the lockdown I mean what did you learn from that that you've you have been able to implement you know, on, on keeping faith, we, we were able to see how how you know the the process does slow things down a little bit. So we had a chance to see what would be realistic to achieve in a day when you had a much bigger crew than what we had before. What is practical with social distancing? What you can achieve and what you can't achieve. The whole sanitizing process, but it was also on a small scale, obviously seeing how easy it is to forget you know where on the first day because you hadn't you know we'd been in lockdown for a couple of weeks and there's all that kind of novelty of keep your distance and everything was over two meters then when you go back to an actor's house the second day you go a bit closer and in the end you go oh god i've got to remember that i'm actually you know we're supposed to do you know social distancing is really important so we 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 learned a lot of lessons on a small scale that when we started this then with the full crew you know we could point out to people we know how old habits 
creep in very quickly when you become familiar and it kind of feels like back to the normal. But don't forget, there is a reason why these guidelines are in place and it's vitally important that we keep to them. So we learned from, not mistakes, but we learned on a small scale things that we could then be across on the bit, on the larger scale when we came back to doing Keeping Perth. I mean, what's life like on, on set for you? Do you have bubbles on set with departments and, and zones that certain people can't cross into? Or is it quite sort of free-flowing and you just have to keep your distance? We haven't bubbled the whole cast and crew, but there are bubbles within the set where there are certain people within departments who are only back at base and aren't allowed to cross over to the set and vice versa the people who are on set who cannot cross over to the base. There's a lot more dependency on radio communication so that people don't just you know pop down to sets to ask something so now everybody has a radio and every department has their own channel so that communication can be done from a distance on a radio rather than having to you know get... that's where you realize is how often you would just you know pop down to sets to ask something quickly um, and then you have to stop yourself and say you know you can't do that so we've got those mini bubbles within it's a far more structured day now where you know the art department locations lighting everybody has to kind of communicate with the covid team in order for everybody's work to be scheduled so that the COVID cleaners can go in at a certain time to clean locations and sets before the next team arrives where previously people would have worked at the same time across each other safely on a on a location but now it has to be a far more regimented kind of process but you know in fairness you know everybody accepts that everybody understands that and everybody keeps to to that so there aren't any issues with working with it it's just a very different way of, of working as I said it's the norm for for people by now and, and are you having to take steps to sort of um, I guess test everyone you know before they come to to work every day or is there some sort of I guess self-discipline involved in if you don't feel well to stay away yeah so we you know we had a big briefing ahead of the of everybody going to set for the first day um where we stated the whole policies of you know if you're feeling unwell don't feel I've got to go to work please do yourself a favor and everybody else a favor stay at home report you know get let us know that you're feeling unwell but please do not come into work you know and all the mental health and well-being stuff all of that was sort of delivered and given to the crew at the start of the the block and that's all included daily on the the call sheets as a reminder for people and then we have you know there's a very clear process that the first thing you do in the morning when you come in you step out of your car and then you go and see the nurse so everybody has a temperature test test she asks you a few simple questions about your health and well-being and then every day we have a different color band that you wear to show that you have been tested today and we change the colors every day so that you can't be wearing yesterday's and pretend you've been done today so the temperature test for cast and crew is mandatory first thing when you see the nurse few questions and then you pick up a pack of masks and gloves for the day but if you need more you know there's there isn't a limit on how many you can have in the day, but you pick up a pack that you have to start you off for the day. Then you're free to go about your day as you would normally. You can go and get your breakfast and then you you carry on. It's just people have to do far more for themselves where, as we were saying, everybody has their own radio now. So, you know, they keep their set, but then they have to go. We have a battery charging room where the third AD is responsible for sterilising all the batteries at the end of the day. But it's everybody's responsibility to go and collect their own batteries and hand them back at the end of the day so there's no cross cross contamination and handling things 
know? So people uh, people have to do more for themselves rather than somebody bringing stuff to them and stuff. But, you know, that is the norm now and people just get on and do it. One of the big things that we did do, which has been a big benefit, I think, is we've come into a location where it's our main base for the whole six weeks. So other than going to West Wales last week and a couple of other days, this is where we're based. So we have a canteen area set because working out of trucks hasn't been possible because of social distancing. So we have you know large classrooms for departments where people can be two metres apart. Only members of that department are allowed into that classroom so that there's you know people aren't free to roam around as they would normally. So we have a big canteen where we can set it up. Tables are two metres apart, one person per table. We've been able to set up this radio charging room. You know, we have everything set up, which means that it makes a routine far easier that people know now every day where the nurse is, where they go for food, where they go to pick up their radio, rather than moving a location every single day and having to set up something new every day. So uh, we, we have a permanent base, which I would say has made life much easier for everybody in a, in a strange world i mean what, what advice would you give to other producers who are maybe planning their return themselves or, or starting up new productions i've been talking to a lot to a producer who started a week before us and learning stuff from him has been vitally important for me um, and i happily share things that we've learned with producers who are kind of next in line to get started and the one thing i do say to them is that when you're setting up and you're thinking about it it's seems like a daunting task but actually once you have it all in place all the guidelines really work to make make it a safer working environment but actually they're not prohibitive and they're not as scary as you think once they're in place and people got used to it it is quite a normal working environment so not to fear all the, the guidelines and stuff that are in place one thing as well is everybody's production is different and depending on the nature of your story i appreciate that some people are going to find it far more difficult than we did we're lucky in that we'd done over half the production we'd done most of the intimate family scenes what we had left were more the legal side of fate's life which kind of lent itself more to being able to put social distancing and stuff into scenes without it being obvious on screen but i appreciate that some series they're very intimate and you have to have people in close contact and stuff so i don't underestimate the the, you know, the challenge that some producers are facing but if they can overcome the editorial side then the, the practical day-to-day shooting side isn't as bad as or as against the norm as you might think when you think about putting all the protocols in place you know there's a lot of anticipation for for season three the show's become you know huge not just in wales but the uk and it's selling around the world i mean can you just tee up i guess what we can expect from season three and and why do you think the show has resonated um you know with so many people all over the world so the one thing that people do know is that this is the third and final series therefore as you'd expect it's big we've got nothing to hold back (laughs) so we're going all out and hopefully uh the audience will feel that each of the characters ends up in a place that they're glad and happy about or that they're not left guessing about what's happening. And I think one of the reasons for success is the faith, even though, you know, there's an ensemble, a very strong ensemble cast, 
is faith's life that we we look at the faith is such a normal person she you know she's she's a strong mother you know she was a loving wife she's a caring woman with the cases that she takes on she has her flaws so i think she's just a rounded real woman you know she's not all bad and she's not all good she she has every side to her like we all have so people can resonate with her character that you know she's a professional woman juggling family life and a professional life and it's tough and you make mistakes along the way but that's life and that's you know that's what we try and show is the fact that life isn't easy and life isn't perfect but if you try hard enough you can juggle it all and, and be fine and plus i think the the very first story of a husband going missing and you know a wife's kind of journey of trying to find out what happened to him and then and finding out that it wasn't what she expected at all was an, an intriguing story and a story that grabbed the imagination and by which point they'd fallen in love with Faith and all the other characters so they wanted to see what, what happened next and I'm hoping that come the third series they won't be disappointed and that everything comes together and series one, two and three all make they all make sense in the end. Lear Morris. That's all for this episode. There'll be more from the podcast soon. But in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>